0: This is ASI with host Russia. Season 2, Episode 4 is a continuation of the word Kersh. It will make more sense if you listen to episode 3 first. I'll give you an emotional word picture to describe, hopefully, describe what I'm talking about here. Um, I play that song by the Foo Fighters because it it describes some of how I felt, you know? Like, I, you, do you know what it's like to be heartbroken? Do you know what it's like to know the pain that I know, you know? And part of it was... I had that kind of judgmental thing because I didn't really know anybody. I didn't really reveal a lot of my pain so, you know, and I kept my relationships real surfacy so that people didn't really know who I really was underneath it all, you know. I worked in a machine shop and uh, we made aircraft parts. Before I got into sales, I was a machinist. and. One thing I saw there, we, we, we didn't just make aircraft parts for Boeing and, you know, Sikorsky helicopters and all these different companies that build aircraft. We didn't just make any old parts. The company I worked for made critical parts that helped do things like steer the plane, you know, open flaps that stop the plane and stuff like that. And, and some of the stuff that I saw there was like, you know, wow. I'm surprised these things don't fall out of the sky all the time. just because, I don't know, I don't know where the parts go and some of the stuff I saw with inspection and things like that, it was just like wow, you know, this is crazy. These parts steered the plane for real? Anyway, um, so I, you know, I I just, I had a, and I'll give you another metaphor, I, I had this thing where I just wanted to keep my feet on the ground because of what I know, right? I want to keep my feet on the ground and just be safe in that. It's like climbing a hill. And I'll give you this metaphor because we all need love, right? And the, the most courageous thing you can do is to get out of your head and, and into your heart, something that I, I learned. And I, I'm i climbing this I feel like I'm climbing this hill in my life, and I still do. But with my recovery from sexual addiction, I I really saw myself, intimacy-wise, as just having to keep my feet on the ground to survive. And it's a lot like climbing a hill, but not wanting to get to the top because you're afraid of what's going to be there, you know? Like, eventually, I'm going to get to the top of this thing, and what's that going to be like? And I was facing the fear that I had uh, of... Life, really, really life, not just surviving, but is there joy, is there comfort in not just hoarding everything emotionally and spiritually to gather up a hoarding kind of spirit towards taking care of myself? And I'll say something that's controversial you know there's nothing in the bible that says masturbation for single people is sin or married people for that matter but really it's it's hoarding everything to yourself and when you start to discipline yourself to learn to give love instead of just sucking it in right instead of just i need that that's, that's not really true All right, you don't need an orgasm today by yourself. All right, married guys, single guys, um, you can build a pattern of just habitual orgasms in masturbation and it's just more hoarding. Even married people, a sexual fast is, is a good idea in some regards if you think that you have to have sex it can be an idol. If you want to know what idolatry go listen to you know in the Decalogue the first commandment the second commandment I take a lot of time explaining that. See as I was walking up that hill marching up that hill uh, the, the metaphor the thing I'm trying to get you to understand is that I was trying to get over myself you know. It's this energy, this spiritual kind of energy that's so tied up in just uh, just climbing and we don't realize that the very energy that it took us to become addicted is the energy that starts to morph itself into this recovery. you know? We're so focused on ourselves that we don't take time to turn around and enjoy the view, you know? And some of that love that you do need from other people that you do get and that feels warm and awesome, it, it actually comes from you giving it away. It actually comes from you stopping every so often and, and having some fun and enjoying your friends and and just giving out, pouring out the, the love that is in you. It really is taking time to be around some folks, taking time to just live your life instead of you know it's breaking this massive orbit around yourself all right yes climb the the mountain of recovery but stop every so often you know and realize that you're not been knocked down to the bottom of the hill you know that you're on this journey and you're climbing and you are getting higher above this you know but break the orbit around yourself too one trading one addiction for another and people get addicted to being addicted going to hundred thousand meetings and just so consumed with yourself. Should you be in a recovery type of group? Yes. Should you be in a Bible study type group? Yes. But that group isn't there to serve you ultimately. All right. That group is there to help you be able to grow and get over yourself so that you can love and be loved in a way that is flowing out and serving others right? Serving your community and your job, right? Working a job and having a servant heart rather than a shark heart, okay? And then it's loving your spouse, loving the person you're going to marry. If you're going to get married, love that person. Serve that person well. We're in group not to be served, but to serve. Don't get addicted to being addicted and just running to recovery groups or Bible studies and and it becomes selfish it becomes more hoarding unto yourself expecting other people to fix your problems for you no they're there to love and equip you to help you in developing your relationship with God and reach into Jesus they pray for you we pray for one another and we grow together Because God loves us, and we're brothers and sisters, and we're all in the same family. Those aren't hoarding words. Those are serving words. It's a servant heart, not a uh, sucking-in, hoarding, addicted heart. That's my point. It's getting over yourself. That's why you go. It becomes turned inside out when we think it's there to serve us. Sometimes going to group and you don't want to go because what are you gonna get out of it? It's, doesn't that come flowing? I it did me. There's times where I thought, eh, I'm not getting anything out of this." And then it's like the Holy Spirit just kind of came over me and said, "You know what? But you, maybe you have something to give to somebody else, and that's why you should go." Like, all right, you know, and I go, I go to serve, and then I learned something. Man, it's it was me. I realized that I had to get over Russ Shaw you know so I could stand at the top of the hill and go wow this is awesome so I could turn around on my way up the hill and just take some time to thank God for the journey and the view from where I was that's something I talked about in some early shows. That lie that the devil tells us that when we relapse, we're knocked all the way down to the bottom of the hill. Don't believe that lie. That's not true. All right? We just can't see because we're so focused on ourselves where we actually are. I'm going to talk about some of that in the next show. But do do you get that? Like, I was trying to get over myself. I still am. I still struggle with getting outside of me and breaking my... My own, you know, short perspective view of the world because I'm so focused on me. I'm still working on that, man. I love my wife. I love God. I love people. I love the fact that, you know, you guys actually listen to me blows my mind sometimes. Who am I? Right? But six years clean from this thing, man, let me tell you something. There is a lot more life in being free from it than being owned by it. And the biggest attitude that I can you know, if I can communicate anything to you is get the spirit of life takes courage. It's going to take courage to fight yourself. See, it was like my very short fear of flight. My funkified emotional state was kind of like that fear of flight, you know, this kind of funkified, depressed, feeling defeated in my attitude, state of being that I was in had a lot to do with, anal- getting out of that had a lot to do with analyzing how I got there. Still does today, right? I'm still in one of those phases where I'm kind of looking at where I'm at, you know? Not totally bummed out and depressed or trying not to sink back into that because it's a progression towards that. And it's really being sucked into a kind of fear, you know. Put me up a new This one is a lie. Sat around laughing wash to face the fear to learn to fly right like my uh, my little fear of flying when i was in the machine shop um i had to analyze that for real was there was that true or was i believing a lie about my fear of seeing some of these parts go out but still as a guy who, who has a, a, I studied statistics a little bit. It was a class that they sent me through. See, people were getting their jobs cut and people were getting laid off. So I figured I'd take a bunch of classes because they don't tend to lay off people who are taking classes, you know, investing money. And I got paid to take these classes and I would go. And and, and one of the biggest ones I learned a lot about was statistical process control and, and, and studying statistics. And the facts are it's, it's safer to, to drive, it's safer to fly than it is to drive. Right? Like, statistically, um, you're way safer in an airplane than you are a car. So that helped me put my faith in that, right, to a certain extent. Some of my relationship with God, when I really studied Christianity, I studied a lot of other religions, and I studied Christianity, and I studied historical data, and and being a, a, a numbers guy, I looked at this mound of information around Jesus and just thought, alright, there's something to this. Jesus wasn't just a good teacher because we seem to have like fad people and throughout history there's people who, you know, they pop up as good teachers and then we just kind of forget about them. Plato and Aristotle and these guys they still talk about in colleges were kind of resurrected fifteen hundred to two thousand years later in some of their teachings. Um, which is good, there's some good truth in that, but as not rooted in a real supernatural faith. And what I learned is is that right, the Father God loves me. The Son came to, to redeem me. God in flesh to understand us me. And the Holy Spirit who comes to give life to to nurture and direct, you know. That that word the Holy Spirit in some translations of the Bible actually means life, you know, the spirit of life but it's really a spirit that's given by God as a gift I need Jesus as much now as I did when I was in recovery, as when I was facing this thing, I need that um, kind of angst that I had in the relationship where I'm like David and I'm, I'm crying out to him and I'm, sometimes I'm even going, why, why do things gotta be like this, you know and difficult financial time after one of the biggest storms we've had in this this area for the last, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years. I lost a couple of days of work and it's just like, uh, and I'm in one, one of those spots where I'm um, leaning on Him and I'm asking Him and I'm praying and I'm just like, you know, one of those times. I need a new revolution for this point in my life, just like I did when I was in recovery and really struggling through this thing. Alright? It's my journey today. Needs that new revolution. That new... Jesus gives. He breathes life into me. So I'll leave you with this. It's not that we just face our fears with courage just to face them. What do you do then? Right? It's doing good things is out of the overflow of the heart, right? Like good morality. It's a byproduct of what's already in your heart flowing out. It's not something you stuff in from the outside that can be narcissistic, moralistic, you know, I'm doing these things because I'm consumed with myself. So people will make much of me. That's not what it's about, out of the overflow of the heart we have good courage out of not faking and just doing it because you love it's not just facing fears it's overcoming our fears with love because God is love through Him we don't have to worry so much through Him we can let go I used to hear people say just let go and let God, Russ that's what you gotta do and I'm like what does that even mean? you know Here's what it means. It means getting outside ourselves. It means getting over ourselves as a way of letting love out, right? That is worship, that we're flowing out all the time. We're not flowing out just onto ourselves, but we're flowing out in love because he first loved us. So it's not just facing fears. It's letting those fears be, you know, overcome with love. This is uh, 1 John 4. This is from the Message Translation, starting in verse 17. This way love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us, so that we're free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ's. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear, since fear is crippling, a fearful life of death fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. Verse 19, we though are going to love, love and be loved. First we are loved and now we love because he first loved us. Right? I love that. Alright, and let me tell you something. I was in the place you're at, alright? That's the truth. I was stuck. I was stuck like you were. And can I tell you something? If He can set me free, He will set you free too. Alright? But He doesn't exist just to set you free from your addictions, He exists that you would have a relationship with Him. Jesus isn't the solution to your addiction problem, He is the God who loves you, who created you, who knows you deeper than you can even imagine so again one of these days that that the song is so true that life is a progression and and sometimes a rug's going to get pulled out from under you there's times to to mourn there's times to celebrate there's also times to press in to challenge the truth claims of your funkified attitude before it sinks deeper I love you guys. Until next week, bye.